This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 30, Knowing is Half the Battle. All right, this is the Traxxas Sector Warcast. My name is Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. What are we up to today, John? Well, it has become clear that FFG's shipping schedule that had been stuck in a warp rift is now approaching us like a rock bombardment. Jungles arrives next week, folks. What's to be done? We're going to cover some of the requests from the Card Game DB thread, and we'll also discuss the early returns on the Necrons. So yeah. first off, is first news out of is this yesterday. We sit here on a Friday recording this. Yesterday, um, Scott Awesome did the what we usually do, what we what we expect of our of our community, and he spoiled the rest of the Jungles pack. And uh, so if you haven't uh, seen that, uh, go check it out. It's on the Facebook group, and I think it's been linked to the Facebook, linked to from Reddit as well. But one of the things I observed, being an Astromill Terum guy that I am, there's one Astromill and Deep Strike, deep, deep Strike card, which is a five-cost unit. I think is a three-five. Deep Strike of three. One command icon. One or two command icons. But it's ranged, right? So it's a really great unit, but what I wanted to talk about was the fact that out of the jungle's pack, you can't really do anything with him unless you're paired with space marines. There's no bluff mechanic. Yeah, there's no there. bluff there. Right. There, is, there is the cost reduce. So, yeah, I mean, oh, tell yeah, us, there I mean, is. Yeah, because seeing some of the other ones, I think they, they spoiled another marine unit as well. Um, yeah. I saw, which was a, a a three deep strike, honestly, deep strike two, and all of them seem to be a kind of deep strike me and gain at least a discount of one. Which is cool, but we already know. Well, we're fairly confident there's going to be ways of removing cards from deep strike. So I mean, we've got that. It seems right. to be, it seems to be implying well, that deep strike is always a gamble to a degree. And remember yeah. that that big speculation that we had for the Astra Militarum No Surprises event. Mm-hmm. It's a one cost one shield event where you remove a card in reserve. Yeah. So it's exactly that's, pretty much what we call. What it was. Yeah, pretty well, much what we call. Get yeah. rid of one card. You don't expose it. You don't force them to to, to uh, play it. You just remove it. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other things that were announced, Origins is next week, so Nationals is at Origins. Jungles, uh, FFGOP tweeted out that Jungles is not legal for Origins, which doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah. And then they also announced the uh, process, the kind of a very detailed <laughs> process for registering for Worlds. <laughs> so they will have, it's, a, it's some day in, uh, three days in June, in which they will make registration available on uh, at four different three different times during three different days and it's a kind of a convoluted process so if you're interested or at all in going to worlds check that out because it's a click here get an email get a registration I don't know I, I don't want to overspeak the process but it seems a little bit more streamlined than last year but it's still a little confusing so what you're telling me is until you're there, until you're experiencing, until you're in the system yourself, it's it's from the outside it looks a little convoluted. But so you're telling me all I have to do is keep postponing the um, I'll go to words the worlds this year for a few more years, and then the process might be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah considerably yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't you know. can do that. Every time I look, it's always like, oh, no, work stuff is not going to make this happen. It's like, no. yeah, you know, yeah. But, but it's definitely a case of like every time. That's why I've never never actually looked into what would be required other than get to a place at the right time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I want to clarify. No Surprises is actually a deploy action event. So destroy a target card in reserve. So that's an Astra Militarum one cost. So it's a deploy action only, which is okay. interesting. So you have to kind of delay a little bit. The strategy there would be to delay mm-hmm. and have them you know, really play their stuff out. But it's funny because, and that's, this is a good segue to what we're going to talk about, which is one of the issues, which is how do you use the, the information, the deploy phase, play order of your opponent to better to make better plays yourself mm-hmm. and right and this is one of the things well, I want to read this how do you use the information an opponent gives you deploys order of deploys etc to figure out what his or her plan is so that's the topic we'll go into that mm. so go ahead we can just touch on um, on no surprises there I immediately like that design because when we saw it we'd all been like so the start of the combat someone will go oh no surprises get rid of that deep strike card <laughs> now it's more a matter of 
Um, obviously, the AM player can be like, I don't want to get jumped by X crazy thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to kill. So I need to play this in the deploy. So the opponent has to be, you know, let's say it's the, the Dark Angels Warlord coming up. Mm -hmm. Dark Angels Warlord, I want to be able to deep strike this guy. So now this becomes a game of bluff. This becomes a, I have to bait your uh, no surprises. Right. I have to play my turn in a, in a way either to force you to have to play it out in, in an opportune moment and sneak in a deep strike or I have to um, make a situation where you don't think you can spend the action or the money right so, well, it's, yeah. so and, and here's here's the interesting thing with the, this is the design space and the headspace that we're going to get have to get into as players with this deep strike stuff the Necrons the, the Necron dial it's in and of itself as if, if any of you have watched the, the game between John and I we're like oh yeah the dial oh yeah the dial oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the dial it's, some, it, it's definitely something to keep in mind when you're the Necron player and I, even when you're the opponent, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had I had the same I had the same problem with the Tyranids, um, <laughs> yeah. because it was like, okay, I I know where I'm going to send my warlord. Oh, and I pick up my dial. Oh crap, there's two. Where do I send my synapse unit? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it is a it is a, um, a process that will come with experience for me, and I would imagine most players. Going back to when we were thinking about uh, what your opponent gives you, I think the f first thing is like, what is the warlord? What, what warlord are they playing? Right, right, right. And what are the what's what are the, is this a high cost thing? Mm -hmm. Is it a bone singer deck? Is it a bone singer deck? Maybe without the bone singer choir in it, mm. right? So right. you so in those cases, you have to really figure things out. I like the mechanic. Going back to deep strike thought before I got off oh, track okay. was deep strike costs one. To, it costs one to deep strike a card, mm -hmm. right? To put it in reserve. Mm -hmm. And it costs one to play no surprises. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling, it, it seems to me, that Deep, deep Strike will be the last, will most likely be the last thing you do. Mm -hmm. Because you only need one mm -hmm. to Deep Strike something. And if your opponent has passed and they have one or two, and you have one and you play the Deep Strike, that's a surprise to them. That's huge. Do we know it's loyal, by the way, on, um, on No the Surprises? The AM? The AM? Oh, No Surprises, I do not think it's loyal. Okay. I was going to say, because that's also, you're quite yeah, right about normal loyal. circumstance. So then you get into the wonderful headspace of, against someone who could have the card, so AM, Marines, Orcs, basically, yeah? Um, you, you go, oh, click, um, my first deploy is a deep strike at that planet. Okay. Yeah. So are you baiting me? Is that honestly a shock? What's going on? You know, yeah, that's, right. that's, that's right. a fun little room of, well, wait a second, what are you doing then? So, I mean, I think that's, that comes around to what we were talking about, how you deploy and things. Is One of my, I admit this is my play style, and the two of you are going to be completely unshocked by this, but one of my favorite parts of deploy is using my deploy choices to put something down, have my opponent go, ha, huh, okay, <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Have you gone, have you oh, gone no, slightly you crazy? Can, if you, you can know. have them do that, that'd be awesome. Right. There's some value in doing traditional play of course yes right so doing the, the there's there's values to all these types of plays but if you're gonna play if if someone is playing war against me mm -hmm. and they play what really tells me what's happening is what cards they play mm -hmm. not necessarily the order they play them in and what that tells me about their decision making for instance uh, the iron guard recruits in mm -hmm. war I I think that's they're 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 going a different way from my deck from my war deck. I use sanctioned psychics because there's zero fours, mm -hmm. but at a green planet they're one fours. They're tougher, mm -hmm. right? So that iron guard recruits is not necessarily a command unit so much as like kind of kind of a half command half combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my sanctioned psyker is a co command unit that's going to survive. I'm gonna. Ha I'm most likely gonna have the chance to retreat with him. Mm -hmm. So that tells me a little bit about their thinking. Yeah, how, where they're yeah. also where they're dropping that. I mean, are they to, are they going to the first planet with that command unit? So they're planning to swarm in, and they want those things mm -hmm. from there. And what they're getting from that command right. could be huge information. Is right. that is that the split card? Is it a focused card or more mm -hmm. or, or resources? Right. You know? And so it's been my observation over the that people don't try to expose the bullying of the first planet quite yet mm -hmm. yeah right if there's that first planet commission that is that first turn i think is so important and so playing to that first planet saying okay here i'm gonna i'm mm. you usually delay playing to the first planet 
True enough. First yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah. You know, until you until you say, okay, I, I'm going to go get it now. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the next thing is also. So maybe the third card that you play, if you have a support, if you have a command unit, you can play support. Then you can play command. Then you can play combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the first plan. No, like they say tactically that's quite right. But that's why I think there's um there's. Again, this is, this, is, this is partly a playstyle thing, I know, and partly a psychology thing. But I look at that situation and go, you're quite, quite correct. All these things out here are obvious, sensible calls. I should wait and see about the first planet. So, if I look at the table and go, okay, that isn't playing in my favour, is, where's my benefit? Or is there, a, is there a benefit for me to going, nice big fighting unit, first planet? So the opponent immediately goes, well, wait a second, I want to go and do these things, and clearly taking this command would be sensible, but that's now threatening me. You know what I'm saying? That's now an obvious drive for there. Do I oppose it? Do I go elsewhere? You know, you know, you see what I'm kind of getting at this? Yeah, getting yeah, them on tilt, well, as it were. And, and a lot of this is theory crafting, right? Of course. We can offer all the theory we can, but the, in, in the end, it comes down to planet layout to some extent. That's mm-hmm. why yeah. this game is so critical. If you're, You might be trying to bluff a first planet, like bully him mm-hmm. away from the first planet. Exactly, yeah. Because you want to really be able to send your warlord somewhere else. Precisely, yeah. That's what kind you of want to be able to send your warlord to plant him to trigger a move warlord. Or you want to be able to send him to Karnath to trigger the planum that's in play mm-hmm. right because there are a lot of things to account for one is first planet who has initiative and where the lead where the win is right for you for your opponent on planet icon but also what and I've talked about this before where this what the what the one resource if it's going to be resources or cards that are the in in rare supply mm-hmm. right in so what's the scarcer of the two and how do I ensure that I have enough of it for my deck? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's another, there's another great one, like I was saying, fighting over particular resource types and what people are willing to go for. In our, in our very, very small local meta right now, there's a couple of guys doing the Kugath damage deck with smasher gun batteries. And we've been very politely reminded, by the way, as you've encountered this, folks, you don't have to draw cards or take resources from command. Right. And I've seen repeated people go, I'm not taking the cards from that because that's two more dead dudes next to it. Right. It happens plenty. So that's one of those situations where you see the Kugaf deck, which basically is running ammo depots and going for money. So you would immediately have an idea, seeing those cards and those plays, where he's rolling. He doesn't particularly want doesn't want units. He's not fighting for a planet. Apart from the Kugaf himself, he's just blowing you away. And that's an extreme example, but it's a weird one there. And you make a, a fair point as well of the idea that you look at a planet layout, which says, okay, I can, we can we can both win this in three. Okay, I I myself my opening turn make good, solid, sensible. Um, strategic moves that clearly are locking down the command game to a reasonable degree, or at least opposing you, and prepping me for that first planet. So you're in, you you look at your hand and go, or your situation, go. I don't think I can oppose that properly. So in that place there, where your opponent is clearly in a good position, has got a good, um, straightforward, easy play out. You know, as, as it were, right. a, a sensible tactical play. You are then in that place of where do I leave her in to disrupt that? Right. And that's where I think that's where mm-hmm. I think a lot of that early that that making that decision between those two two play yeah, styles. And, and perhaps know. that's the perhaps that's the question I ask most frequently of myself is okay if the if there's a three planet win here and my opponent has let's say let's say uh, worst case scenario, my opponent's in the my opponent has an issue mm-hmm. and there's one, three and five lead to a planet win for him. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, and those are the planets that have initiative. And two and four don't necessarily lead to a win for me, mm-hmm. even with unless between, unless yeah. I win one of the other three, five, one, three or five, mm-hmm. right? So how do I disrupt that? Exactly, and that's going to depend on who, I, what warlord, what faction it is I'm playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna, if if I don't want to overcommit to a non-first planet against space planes because exterminatus is is still played, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to put five units at planet three mm-hmm. you know on turn one you want to you want to try to stretch either stretch their stretch their resources you know really try to stretch his resources out or make it so that yes I'm going to defend this planet and you're going to have to do something about it mm-hmm. exactly right while doing those, if you could do both of those things really tap into their resource have them stretch out their resources to make sure they win those things while also building up at another planet, that's a good I, that's a good yeah. strategy. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the sorry, go on, Joe. Well, no, I, <laughs> you know, the, the, so the 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 early game is real critical. But so the the process that I do is first thing because the first thing you do the the first piece of information you get is what warlord is the is your opponent playing. Right. So looking at that warlord, I, I'm going to say what I what my process is first. Like, what are the big cards I have to worry about? 
if they're if I'm sitting across from Dark Eldar, if I'm sitting across from Kith, I'm like, okay, Archon's Terror. So if I'm set up at a if I'm relying on a couple of big units, uh, Archon Terror is going to be a problem for me. If I'm relying on units that can take a lot of damage, Clavex Warleader is going to be a problem for me because those Clavex can come yep. down and all that kind of stuff. I've also gotten to the point where I now I'm trying to remember what command units, what strong, what two icon units are there that he may have that can trump my units. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then and looking at the Warlord, you know, if it's um, Astromilla Term, that's a low cost, or if it's a if it's a Dark Eldar player, that's probably and it's probably a low cost. I I'm assuming at this point that they're probably going to try for command at cards because they want to get more cards. They're like, oh, you know... Hey, yeah, spamming out a small yeah, team. Yeah, Astro Militarum, if I only get the four resources, I can still play probably two cards, maybe even three. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So that's my first piece of information. And then, then the planet layout comes out. And that, that that's when I think you have to look at, oh, okay, you know, when is when do I win as an as opponent? When, do, when does... Or when's the first planet win? And who has initiative? Um, because... To me, that kind of dictates your play style, right? If it's a quick win and I've got a mid-game deck, uh, you know, or a late, what I think is a late game because I've got a lot of big units, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to. The only way I'm really only be able to planet uh, bully the planet with my warlord. So, you know, that's where I try to try to see where am I going to maybe set up and play. Where am I going to make my stand, my initial stand? Right. right? Mm-hmm. Or if I have like I got a quick deck and it's a three-game win, great. I just want to load up. Mm-hmm. So that's my second, and then you know when they when they go to play, like you said, you know, are they playing? A, is it an Eldorath deck, and they're playing Bone Singer? Usually, if they play a resource first, and it's a cost reducer, a support. Yeah, I'm sorry, thank you. Uh, they play a support first, and it's a cost reducer. Then I know, oh, okay, they've got big units, right? And how am I going to deal with that? So, you know, their their first card that they play, and the first card. Whether it's re- whether it's a support or whether they lay down a command unit, like you, like you said, well, most people don't try to give away too much on that first play. I know I try not to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have no choice. It's like, all right, well, I've got my void pirate, and I'm going to need cards, so I'm going to put it at a uh, maybe a uh, zero resource, uh, zero resource, one card planet to make it two cards. So while, it, yes, it does benefit me if I get it, you don't want to make it so enticing that, oh, well, you know. Right. If you're getting two resources and two cards at that planet, I am definitely trumping um, you there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. vice yeah. versa, if, if there is something else you need to worry about, then right. you do, as it were. The, the, you saying that early, I, tend, I do myself tend to drop an early command unit, largely because either I can see what the opponent's going to do when, I've got, when I feel I've gotten a real idea of what could happen, or I want to narrow the options, or it's a situation of... Um, I would like this, but I'd be much happier if you went out of your way to stop me because there's something else I care about more. Right, and and that's where the earlier I talked about deploying supports first, then command, then combat mm-hmm. units, mm-hmm. and and I've only really realized that on the drive up here I was thinking about what my what my order is, mm-hmm. and that's basically the order unless I have a surprise support. If it's troop transport, I play troop transport. Yeah, something right? that you don't want to know. If about. I play, if right. I if it's if I have troop transport, if I have staging ground, I'll play those first. I might play a Katachan later. Okay. And I'm definitely going to play an Inquisitorial Fortress at the last possible moment. Yeah. Any, anything, anything that's going right. to be a big swing card, you that doesn't don't require them yet. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. because hey, if you if if I and if I have Inquisitorial Fortress, I I will bully the first planet. I mm-hmm. will be like bam, 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 and you're like, and especially if they have initiative. That's, that puts me in the catbird seat, mm-hmm. right? You boom, 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 and you're like, okay, go ahead. And they're like, oh, I gotta go all in because otherwise I'm gonna lose the planet that leads me to one, three, five win. So I'm gonna go boom, 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 bam. Yeah. And maybe they put a big bad unit there that's gonna trump my little guys, and then I go and quiz for a fortress. What's the cost on fortress again? Two, two. two. I thought so because that's the other good question as well is where you can where you can lead resources resource cost to go to as it were. Right. You know right. that. Well, and and with the new uh, bolster the. Defenses, oh. a two shield zero cost oh, yeah. action mm-hmm. uh, card to put into play a, re- a support card yeah, from your hand wow. equal to the number of army astro- mm-hmm. uh, army units you control at a planet. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I mean, we're are you kidding me? I, I uh, almost always have two army units at a planet. Boom! There's of course Torah Fortress. By the way, your big bad that you thought was going to go off and is going to get a chance. The vicious bloodletter. 
I'm, I'm, it's I'm, gone. I'm almost thinking we're going to hit this point now of a doom for supports. Something while I've destroyed, destroy all, destroy, Ooh, destroy yeah. the supports on both sides. Yeah. Something in that realm because there are enough, there are yeah. enough decks now. I mean, between between um, that would make sense stuff, for a death world cycle. To be game, honest, right? yeah, just like, it all chumps down. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's in the death world. The death worlds are generally particularly inimical to life, so it's a bit of jungle crawling and kind of thing, and yeah. chewing, chewing through your bunkers and yeah. bastions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it could be. I, I, but I mean, like, as a, as a, a quite apart from the theme, as a mechanical thing, I think yeah, I can see a game of. Yeah, I'll get rid of what supports I have because that over there is horrible. Yeah, you know, exactly. that is not happening. Yeah. So that's that, that's a way that you you play that out, and we've these are good questions and these are good topics to address. It's hard to address them in the abstract. in the vacuum. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing I'm I'm dealing with. One thing I've observed of late is command sniping with your warlord, but then retreating, mm-hmm. and. That can be useful in corner case situations, but I think that's a. It seems to me that like it's a bittersweet backstabbing strategy because you're allowing that planet to be tripped, tripped right? That battle ability. If I have a two four and you have a one seven with some damage, I'm gonna. I'm. Pro- you're probably gonna leave. So to clarify here, you're referring to turn up to win the command, then leave whatever unit is there that would have taken command. And, no, no, and like leave, like your warlord going to somewhere alone. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going somewhere against a two-three unit or yeah, two-four unit. They'll there's something there. that becomes like, like you're probably not going to win the battle there. Yeah, that's but you're I'm, going there for the command. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. You're not right. talking about turning up and killing a small command unit. You're talking about turning up just for the command and leaving the battle to someone else. Right, and yeah. knowing that you're probably going to leave the battle out. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that's I don't think that's ever that, unless it's a, unless you're digging for cards like. The last turn, where yeah. you have to get cards or resources to play the cards that you need out of your hand to try to win that last battle that wins the game. Mm-hmm. Sending your warlord to that place to get those resources obviously is going to be a big deal because the game isn't going to get to the battle. Yeah, and there is there is. But I've, I've seen yeah. some of that, and yeah. you know, like you're allowing your uh, bar, you trigger Barless, and you let let the person just well, card a card from your hand, or you trigger the other one and. They get to look at three cards and put one out of their top yeah. of their deck. You know, saying so you've got a good point there. It does depend on the planet for starters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If there are there are plainly planets that are always good, and there are plainly planets that are situational, and the plainly planets that you could have flat out turned off. You don't have you don't you have less units in them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. you don't have money from the steel. Nope. Nobody's <laughs> you know, damaged, yeah, so you know, yeah, so you know, no one's healed. No, they deal with one damage. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That that's me. I mean, I've tried to get better at that, uh, especially if I'm playing a warlord that is not a. What I would consider a combat monster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know, necessarily, I don't want to get into combat. Uh, you know, I, I that is a real subtle thing because if I can go, especially snap sn- snipe command at a planet, and if you win, there's no effect. Nothing. That, no, nothing that's perfectly right. fine. Right, you know, right, I'll, right. I'll retreat. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, great, I'll heal somebody. Well, we haven't. You know, there's no damage. You know, on your we. Side. Yeah, the first planet was a contested. There's no damage, so nobody gets healed. Or you've got four units, I've got three. You know, yeah, trigger your yeah, yeah. So um, when you're able to, yeah, when you're able to get those, get those out. That that's, I think that when when you're conscious of that and you're able to do that kind of stuff, you're playing at a at a nice high level. Yeah. yeah if if there's no, and I guess that that is a caveat you know. to what I've what I yeah. said is if there's no effect from them winning the battle. Right. And and, right. and you and don't need there's, 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 there's no. what two or three planets yeah, let's say situational stuff. Effect. Yeah, I think you can quanti- you think basically it's a matter of I was going to say you can quantify it. It's a matter of quantifying it. Is are the resources and cards I'm getting or the re- and all the resources and cards I'm stopping my opponent getting worth whatever battle trigger will happen. Yeah. As you said, if the battle trigger is um, is negligible then oh, almost definitely if it's more, if it's less obvious, then it's a then it's a game of balancing that out. And this is this is we're just we're talking like you said before. We're talking about the the now about a non vacuum situation, but where okay, do, does this planet does this planet affect swing things in a meaningful way versus me getting the extra money, getting the extra cards, and stopping the opponent getting what he wants? We were talking before about um, trying to figure out what your opponent's plan is in terms of card or resource draw. Now, of course, everyone wants both. But you can definitely see decks where more yeah. of one is more important. And if you're keeping two away, two two resources away from an expensive deck, maybe that's worth almost any battle trigger, right. depending and, on the situation. And if he has big units, if there are big, if there are larger single units, mm-hmm. so you they're going to be playing one. The 
I think my tendency there is to avoid battle with the big unit and try to win command. Mm -hmm. yep. So spread out at, away from that one unit, trying to win as much command as possible to set me up yeah, for, for, a, for, a, turn for, two, next, turn three. for the next turn, for the turn after that, so yeah. on and so forth. Well, choke, choke, is, choke is a thing, no matter what you're choking in the end. You know, No one, no one has a deck that can't rely on both of some, some right. of both exactly. resources, rather. Resource and card. Yeah, I've, I've tried to build. I've tried to build decks that uh, will function no matter. It's like, oh, you know, I don't. I don't care if, I, if I'm only getting the four. That's fine. If I'm only getting my two cards, that's fine. And it doesn't work, especially cards, because there's. Oh, you could always use shields. <laughs> you could yeah. always use more shields. Yeah. In yeah. your hand. Yeah. Well, since we're since we're like um, since we're getting on to like uh, talking about the and in a vacuum and stuff and where we've tying it all together. When have we got this entirely wrong? We got a question about this, what what are the biggest mistakes we've made and learned from? Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah, that, yeah, that's a great one. I don't yeah. make mistakes, so <laughs> you guys will have to take <laughs> this one. No, no, no. I, always, ma <laughs> I make enough for all three of <laughs> us, <laughs> and probably even a few dozen listeners. As always, I was digestion pool is the one that I that I remember. <laughs> Whenever I'm editing those videos, I still remember John's. Your, the look on your face while we were playing that game, you're like, oh, Digestion Pool says Infested Planet. I don't have any infestation mechanics in this deck. Yeah, and it's unique. <laughs> and it's unique. I it just, sucks. I think m most common most common tyranny actual, like, mis mistake, not misplay, just not doing what we're supposed to do, is the the, the Spore Pod thing, the, the Spore Burst. I'm going to put this guy into, in, in, into play in the middle of combat. No. No. You're not. Read the card properly. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the card's nowhere near as good as I first thought. Yep. You know, yeah, every time, you know. But no, like yeah, like actual so, actual play errors. You know, yeah, what, play errors. So one of mine is is really trying to. I think early on I didn't account for the combination of triggering these the planets. Mm -hmm. So setting up to win two, setting up to win one planet one, and then maybe having your warlord in another one to win a second one, so you could trigger those things, or really being the victim of a double trigger. Mm -hmm. of two triggers happening that can be huge. You know, if you have Aatrox Prime as as a, a non-first planet, but you have Karnath, which is the, you know, do, a, do the same thing, right? Uh, which is trigger the battle ability of another planet. So Karnath is planet one, Aatrox Prime is planet three, right? You win planet one, you, plan, you win Karnath, trigger Aatrox to do damage somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you win Aatrox again to do damage, maybe it's the same same exact planet, and all of a sudden my units in, my units next to Aatrox Prime have taken two damage. Mm -hmm. uh, that sucks. Yeah. I've the planet layout is so much more important to me now than it was mm -hmm. eight, nine months ago. Yeah, I look at it, I like say, okay, what really is the scarce resource? And I if it's a tie, if it's close, I don't really count the first planet, right? Yeah, because the first planet's only going to trigger once. Yeah, if anyone's going to abandon anything, it'll be the first one, depending on the layout. You know? Well, it's yeah. it just it, like sometimes you have a, a plan, a layout that's a one-one. Let's just throw this out because it's <coughs> as likely as anything else, right? So you have a you have Yavarn a zero-one, Yellowith a two-zero, Aatrox a one-one, a one-one, and a zero-two. Mm -hmm. So you have. One, two, three, four, five resources, and one, two, three, four cards. Mm -hmm. But also, that's a balance. Yeah. Also, four resource locations and three card locations. Yep. Is worth mentioning. Yep. Yeah. And this, this Yavarn, which is Planet One, that one resource is going to go away. Mm -hmm. Okay. If this was switched like this, if 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 we had Osis Four, which mm -hmm. is a two resource planet, and I'm like, okay, now resources are really going to be. Uh, in the short supply here because mm -hmm. we have three resource planets but the osis 4 is going away mm -hmm. yeah and we don't know what it's going to be replaced with yeah. right so i really look at that a lot more i look at the cost of my units and that's one of the frustrating things that i've encountered with necrons is uh, there doesn't seem to be I, i'm playing Nahumek and it doesn't seem to be anything i lowered the cost of my units it's still, I still have a handful of threes, a handful <laughs> of twos, and I can't play very many, right? <laughs> so you want to be aware of what your deck, your curve is, mm. and I've really taken that into account. Yeah. I used to make, and I think that was the thing, I've said it before, I went into Worlds 2014 0-11, mm -hmm. on an 0-11 streak, and I came out 4-2 and two out of that contest, and I was, I was 
amazingly overjoyed. I was like, wow, I, I can play Conquest. That's amazing. <laughs> right? And it was because I really started paying attention to the planet layout, planet flop. Well, I think I'll start with thank you for taking the one that immediately came to mind for me. So <laughs> I was like, yes, I, I agree completely. It's the same, same sort of deal. Now, um, one of the ones... How to how to say this and not make it sound absolutely basic, but one of the earliest mistakes I ever made, and it's still the most common thing that, that occasionally catches me out, is the game of, well, I appear to be okay by this planet. I can wait till now and before I have to worry about things. Being a reactionary player, you know, saying, yo, you can have a planet or two there. And I, I'm, I have a brilliant case of going, I didn't entirely pay attention to those icons. Now, right. at first, it was simply the case of, oh, wait, they can win in four. I didn't hang around properly. Right. Then it's more a case of, not not realizing when an opponent has the ability to focus on a particular planet and that becomes the crux of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? They can I can do all the early planet bullying I want to do mm-hmm. and force them and say you've got to come and fight these fights. And they've and actually the situation is well I could but I don't actually have to. Right. You know I have they haven't been maneuvered into a position when I thought they when I when my understanding was that they were and not right. seeing that. I, I completely agree with you with the battle abilities being the first one, but the second one for me definitely was the whole game, is the icon game. Right. And the icon game still just occasionally can be, ooh, I didn't quite yeah, see that. I need to for- <laughs> yeah, using the icons, using the planet flop to force your opponent into particular plays where they might not want to be mm-hmm. is, yeah. is what you want to do. One of the other things that I... As, as a Netrunner player, I brought a lot of, okay, I'm going to bluff this out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something unconventional here. Mm-hmm. And unconventional doesn't necessarily... Now, we say this on the eve of Jungles of Nectivus mm-hmm. hitting and, and bluffing being a part of the game, mm-hmm. being a heavy part of the game, a heavier part of the game. Mm-hmm. But doing something unconventional in your play to try to throw off your opponent... Mm-hmm. Doesn't hasn't really resulted in the in the positive gains I thought it would <laughs> in conquest in netrunner it can like you can bluff something out in netrunner and really take your opponent by by surprise I'm like oh okay that isn't what it, I think it is I'm gonna I'm gonna do this other thing mm-hmm. instead conquest you have to be able to try to throw your opponent off balance with every deploy action yeah I think mean, that's kind of the point is that the the hidden you're not playing a hidden information game anywhere near as much. Right. In in Conquest you are playing one and that hidden information is but that hidden information is bled out. So I mean I think it's actually well now I think about it on the spot, it's that it's the nature of the um alternating actions. Mm-hmm. If you got a turn of play yourself, then that hidden info game is a is a much bigger thing. It's here is all my stuff, you now go respond to this, figure out what I'm doing. Right. But because of the um, the alternating manner that we talk about deploy stalls about when to place command and support mm-hmm. and combat units, that is the game you're playing there. It's a much it's a, just a more Honestly, a more subtle, more um, timing-based mm-hmm. system, rather than rather than the whole "here is my crazy puzzle, figure it out" right. situation that turns up on both sides in Netrunner. So, you know. So what? What about you? Well, other other than um, interpreting rules incorrectly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like armor bane and range and all that. Armor bane and yeah. No, no, AE, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, so play mistakes. Um, my biggest mistakes are, and it still happens, always comes down to uh, me forgetting what options my opponent has. And that's mm-hmm. where I, again, try to go back to that first step. What, what, my war, what the uh, opposing warlord is playing. So if I'm sitting there like, oh, I, I get too focused on what I'm playing and what I'm doing and what I'm trying to win. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, uh, next plan, I don't need, I don't, we've played a few rounds and I've got two icons and the, and second planet in the layout is, is my win condition. So I'm going to deploy at the second planet, deploy at the second planet, deploy at the second planet. And I forget I'm playing Space Marines, and they just let me play out, let me play out while they're doing a little stuff, and then exterminatus and wipe it, wipe everything out, like yeah. Richard did to me in in that tournament. Yeah. I'm playing um, I, I I'm playing a uh, uh, Dark Eldar. I'm playing Kith, and I'm playing Astro Millions. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can take this and all this, and I have my Assault Valkyrie out there, and, and forgetting that my, even though I've been reminding myself the whole game that my opponent, mm-hmm. as soon as the, he has four resources, don't take any damage, don't take any damage, don't take any damage. When he pings my Assault Valkyrie for one, and I'm sitting there with four two shield cards in my hand, going, it's only one, I'll take it. And then you think, 
you know, <laughs> going back to that whole God, you know, yeah. hey, I'm trying to clean up my language, folks. <laughs> uh, that four resources Clavex Warrior comes down and is like, see, boom, yeah. 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 and you know, and, and yeah, and I'm sitting on a handful of shields. You know, that is always that's the those are the ones that stick with me. Now, um, my dad was a big poker player, loved poker, loved playing it, and. I think he was fairly successful at it. But whenever I talked to him about poker, the only thing he remembered was his bad beats. He, he only, yeah. he, his mistakes that he made, that he went in against, you know, a hand, that he had the second best hand on the table kind of thing. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm the same way because I'm trying to, I, you know, like mistakes and, oh, all these mistakes come out. <laughs> Which which one do yeah, I? Yeah, which one do like like <laughs> yeah. I said, I've got more more mistakes than, than I know what to do with. Um, I, I guess that, that that does what makes the game fun for me in a weird way. Uh, am I masochistic? No, I mean I enjoy the game. It's a great mechanics, and that's I should say maybe that's what makes it mo- most memorable. I actually I don't beat myself up over the mistakes yeah. uh, because I, I do try to learn from them and I try to re- I try to get better and I think. If you, as you keep those in mind, you will become a better player. But I get so excited about the combo that's in my hand, or what I'm going to do, or in the, that I get. That's where I, I get tunnel vision. I'm going to say exactly that. The good old, good old, good old blinkers. The tunnel vision problem is an easy one to do. You know, and maybe that's maybe that le- links a little back to what we were talking about before about people about can you can you play out in a way that says I'm not doing all that much. Play your plan. I have I have something in hand and I'm kind of oh I have something some method pre- prepared and I'm quietly pretending that's not here I'm just playing a normal game right, do your right. thing over there cool I'll, now I'll break that you know right. I mean I, I guess honestly that's the thing I play decks that do exactly that mm-hmm. that will sit there and 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 happily happily not seem to be doing a whole lot because they've got a big surprise in hand right you know yeah you know and you've got great decks and there are, there are times where you'll be sitting there and you may have like okay. I know he's got a Clavex. I know there's an Archon's Terror. I know this, and guess what? There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Because <laughs> yeah. you just sit there, you just have to play it out, and maybe you hope that they don't have it, but, uh, you know, there's just going to be, it, there's going to be times where, um, with going back to regionals, and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on your name, you were playing the Eldorath vehicle deck, and he Bonesinger twice and played a Spirit Elite, the the guy that exhausts all yeah. non-elite, oh, or non-spirits. Mighty, mighty yeah, the yeah. Mighty Wraith Knight. Like, oh, well, good game. <laughs> <laughs> Exhaust everybody, and I'm, I'm yeah. facing three vehicles. You know, it doesn't matter I have seven units at the planet. Yeah. Because he gets, a, he, he, well, he gets a free round. It's like, dead, dead, dead. Hey, and now we're matched up three on three, and my three are bigger than your three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you, yeah. usually, you know, when you, when, you, well, when you bring a laser rifle to a Shrieking Basilisk fight, you're going to lose. And, mm-hmm. and, and to, so, so what do we do to avoid those, some of those mistakes in the future? I was going to so, say, yeah. So how do I play? I look at my hand, and during, before every deploy phase, you know, there's all, these sh- there's all this shuffling that goes on. Two things I've done is slow the game down. I play at my pace. If the person on the other side, if my opponent is, if I play a card, my opponent goes, bam, plays a card just seconds after me, that's his prerogative. That's her prerogative. But I'm going to then take my time. Mm-hmm. The only times I'm, I'm pretty, th- that I can be kind of a little bit faster is when I say, okay, here are my four units, here are my three units that I'm going to deploy. I've looked at it and I've said, okay, this is how I'm going to deploy Bam, 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 yeah. and I make my plan for deploy before I even put the first one out. Yeah, and like to go, to, go, to link into what you were saying, you look at where the planets are, look at what the effects could be, mm-hmm. where he might be, and from there you know yep. this is the sensible call. And I and right. I order my cards and my. It sounds simple, folks, but sometimes when you're in these longer tournaments, if you're if if you want to really become, uh, I think a better player, do things that make it easier to become a better player, which is order your hand in the cards that you're going to play them in. Yeah, right. Because I've had the, some of the biggest mistakes I've had is I have a plan and you do something and then I change it somewhere somewhere. Yeah, my you change up it, in the middle of boom, it. Boom, and I change it. I'm like, oh, oh no, oh that was that was the end, right? Yeah. Boom, and I go to I commit to a I have a plan to commit to three, but then for some freaking reason because you put a command unit on two and I don't want you to get two cards, I command I go to two, and I and I ruin everything I've set up for the last three deploys, <laughs> right? That's huge. That's mm-hmm. a bad thing. So. Stick with your plan. Do the things that make it easier to play the game. Do the because 
the easier to, it is to play the game, the better you'll become at playing it. I do like the idea of ordering your cards because there have <laughs> there have been times where it's like, okay, I'll deploy out a unit, deploy out a unit, pass. Wait, ah! yes. <laughs> you know, no, I had this card hidden behind. <laughs> Yeah, my shields. So you, you, know, you know, you put your shields, and then, and then, well, I was gonna say, you know, yeah. when you get to a, when you get to combat phase, you you do all the command drawing and gaining of resources, and then you look at your hand and you say, okay, these are supports. I'm not going to play these. These are units that don't have ambush. Mm-hmm. Here's my least in assault teams and my shields. I was going to say, <laughs> right? Because this is basically card game number two ever for me, pretty much. I played Netrunner and then Conquest. In both of those cases where I had to learn something new to me, I came up with structures. Um, there is a reason I always, always shuffle my hand before you pick anything from it, no matter the game, is that the very first thing I do, oh, yeah. ever being aware of it, is lay a card. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and if anybody's going to discard a card from my hand, mm-hmm. or if they're going to look at a card from my hand, I shuffle mm-hmm. it all up. Yeah. Then I reorganize it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Straight I, I organize back, yeah. it back, right? Yeah. So that's one. That's one thing I do. Well, it's a whole. Like, I play at the speed I want to play at. Yeah, uh, we've talked about that. Before. Yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, it's 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 still a time. Time game is time game, but that you'll find very quickly that doesn't matter. Fifty five is actually hard to get to. In, yeah. in conquest, the game has to go long. Yeah. You know, with big with complex. Well, I was playing at seven together. the other day with uh, with in a casual game against Case, and we went to Planet Seven. It was Ragnar versus Mavros, and Oof, you're going to though. Yeah. It went. It went sixty minutes. You know, but I think we got to the round of seven before time would have expired if it, if it would have been a competitive game. So we would have finished it out. So what other things do you do to prevent making those big mistakes? Anything else? So yeah, um, do, do. I'm saying with the with the icons one for me, um, like you said, it's, it's part. In some ways, it's planning out a turn. In other ways, it's 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 it's. The icons thing for me is a thinking ahead. You talked about how you how you deal with your individual turn. Here are mm-hmm. the things I'm going to do. The the I'm not looking at the icons problem is a what's happening on turn two, what's happening on turn three problem. That's really mm-hmm. where it is. It's the how am how am I affecting my next deploy phase? Yep. Assume this combat goes this way. Assume these resources come in. We always get our four money and two cards. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how is that? And am I doing something this turn that means next turn I can't? Um, control those where, those icons and battles the way I need mm-hmm. to, and that's definitely that's definitely my bi- one of my bigger focuses. I think that's a to broken record here is what I'm sounding like, but that's part of the reason I play the type of decks I'm playing is that where I, I can, if I need to, go. Yeah, I'm not doing anything this turn. I'm going to sit here and prep. The the Omega one is the classic example. Mm-hmm. Um, as I always said, when when Omega infests a few things and goes pass, then your opponent <laughs> immediately goes gets nervous. But the great thing is, you can do that and not waste a turn as Omega. I can go. Oh, you don't really make any big battles. Cool. I will hold these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, oh, you do, and I can respond. So you know, that's the, I think that's a part of it. Is I play the things I want to play there. You yeah. Know? And your, your best, your best bluff is letting your opponent think that you have something in hand you don't. Of you course. Know, yeah. Like I mean, if I'm sitting across from if I'm sitting across from a Delic Eldor player, I'm automatically assuming Archon's Terror, automatically assuming Clavex War Leader. Yeah. If you don't have those, and you still kind of want to bluff, you know. Maybe you don't spend all your resources. Maybe you keep four. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, like, okay. The terror, yeah, of the, the terror of the card back. Yeah. What are those? You, you know, <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. a pretty incredible thing. And, and to actually kind of get a little meta uh, as far as one of the things that I try to do to actually make myself a better player, it actually is no matter what I'm playing, whether it's Netrunner, whether it's Conquest, whether it's a board game, uh, in a tournament, I should say. Um Kind of keep my environment. Uh, not you can't keep your environment the same, but you know you want to stay hydrated. You want to have a snack. You want, it, it, especially in long tournaments, and, and pretty much I, I consider any tournament long because even if you're going to go only, you know, four rounds in conquest, cut to the top four, top eight, mm-hmm. you know, that's still five six hours. You yep. know, if you have a little snack in between, if you if you're keeping hydrated, you know. You're going to be thinking clearer. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I've got regionals for Netrunner in yeah. Colorado Springs is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I've got blueberries, raspberries, bananas, and almonds in the house. Yeah. Have, Guess so, what I'm taking. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, find something that works for you. That, like, oh, you know, I like having this as a snack. I like having a water bottle. You know, and it's not something that's magically going to turn you from um, an average player into a great player. But it will make you a more consistent player. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing knowing that you're not well, you like, know, gosh, I, you know, I, I'm not looking at my hand, going, I really got to go to the bathroom, or I'm really thirsty, or I'm really, you know, 
if you're thinking about that and not thinking about the game, then you're at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. uh, so you touched on a little bit as well, which is you mentioned the environment rather than. Uh, you mentioned environment. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like, yeah. you know, well, clothes I'm, I'm comfortable in. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I'm I immediately in. thought there of one of the things that I've started doing, which is, like, um, recently I caught onto the, caught onto the what I thought was a rules change thing in the tournament stuff, about where technically where you're supposed to put first planets, the way it's always on the left of the uh, whoever um, is, uh, has initiative and all that kind of stuff. So I, what I tend to do myself is, I, is, certainly if I know I'm going to a tournament, is make sure that every game I play is in the same kind of layout that I'll have in front of me. So I'll sit down to basically... So OCD, the same game mat, the cards in front of me in the same layout, the idea that the planets in front of me were laid out a certain way in a certain order. And that, to me, is that that, that um, identical situation is a big thing for me when mm -hmm. I sit down to play. It's as close as I can make... You, like, this is the reason we take card mats for the game. We sit down and make the area in front of us comfortable. Yeah. We go, this is familiar, I know where things are, I'm not scrabbling for resources, etc. You know, that, that kind of right. stuff. Now, the, the, the whole idea of the planet being on the same, same relationship to the initiative player... Mm -hmm. Uh, you you know if you have initiative, uh, I I defer to the person with initiative. Do you prefer where the planet is? Totally. Or oh yeah. I'm, here. Yeah. I'm, if you're recording yeah. matches, it's always good to have the first planet closest to the camera, and yeah. then you go go from there. Yeah. But but you should be used. Uh, hopefully by this time, if you've played enough, you yeah. should be used to the planet the first planets being on your right or your left. It shouldn't make a difference there. But that's my point. But I yeah. wasn't at the time, and I so oh, okay. I took the effort to get used to that. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? That that was one of the things that would throw me. I would sit down and go. Well, now I'm going from the wrong direction. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where's, where's, gotcha. where's First Planet again? Wait gotcha. a second. What? And like John said, when you're thinking about that, you're not thinking about the game. Right. You know. So we've talked about the biggest mistakes we've had, the information, how we use information from our deploy action, and, and more in the abstract, not really necessarily with examples. Mm -hmm. But one thing we wanted to touch on, uh, I have some advice, because being a war player, I've played a lot of mirror matches. Mm -hmm. So one of the suggestions was tips for winning the mirror match. And I know what I did as war. Because it's not I, like you haven't played against war with war. Because I played against <laughs> war with war. And I know what I've done against... I, I've played a couple of mirror matches of Space Marines. I've couple, played a couple of mirror matches of Chaos. But it seems to me, and maybe you guys have a different experience, but it seems to me the mirror match comes down to cards. It comes down to cards in hand. If I have more cards than you, as long as you can maintain at least a semblance of balance with the resources. Yeah. A semblance yeah. of balance, like plus or minus one from your opponent. Having that extra card, right? Because you're playing the same, you're playing a very similar deck. Probably, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I mean well, there's you, obviously different there's, takes. There's eight I mean, cards you're certain of, for starters. They're, they're both of you have those yeah. same signatures. Yeah. Um, De directions go a similar way, so composition of command versus not will probably be close. I see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're both you're both bang on right. It is going to be the same, and the, and yet there will be differences, you know. Um, but you, for me, when I was when I was playing war, it was always a question of cards. Like, how am I going to get more cards than him? And you make a good point because obviously the resource curve is going to be close too. There aren't many, even even different types of Space Marine decks still end up with units in about the same cost range because they're all Marines. Right. You know, that three to four kind of spot. Now know? that will, that will with, with this, the Church of St. Camilla, <laughs> uh, whatever that was. Yeah, Cathedral. That, the, yeah, the, the, the power curves does have, there is some variance now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. In some of the power curves, right? We've seen a lot of very expensive Space Marine decks with all the, Elite support stuff coming out. We'll see those power curves mm -hmm. more more variant than they have been, and maybe that maybe that trumps my more cards advice. But I think for now, more cards. If if you can at least maintain a uh, rough balance in resources, go for the cards. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree go with that. Uh, you know, I mean, most of the, I would say I usually don't end up playing mirror matches because I like uh, warlords that people may not consider uh, awesome. I think you're definitely never going to sit down across from a deck that's the same as yours. Period. <laughs> true. Whether, whether you account for Warlords or not. True, you true. Know? But I mean, when I was playing War, when War first came out, um, I, I did a whole, yeah, a lot of, lot of War on War. The cards definitely helped. Um, it's going to help in any situation, but I know that if I have shield cards, I'm able to respond better to, to Tobin's Preemptive Barrage, because, you know, Preemptive Barrage out of Astro Militarum, you're going to see that a lot. It's an mm -hmm. awesome card. I, I can't imagine any uh, Astro Militarum deck not playing that card. Uh, so, the the thing that I, that I, 
if you can, and usually in, in decks like War, it's, it's easier to, if you can, bloody the Warlord. Yeah, and, and that's what, that's, this, the, the second the second tip I have for mirror matches is remember what, what hurts you the most. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's what the, yeah. hurts you the most, and do that against your opponent. Yeah, that's the one that came to mind. When you mentioned right? this question, that's the thing that came to mind to me, yeah. which is the yeah the classic, where are my weaknesses? Well, now I'm trying to exploit them. Right. Just as how, how do I, how am I using this thing that's weak to that thing to do this as, just as well as I can? Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, you're quite right. And it's, um, I think you, um, touching on that and the, and the card thing you say there, I think the card draw thing is a little more prevalent with War because of, because it's a sad, the, the kind of swarmy style deck mm-hmm. he has where he'll have lots of things out. I think you're bang on right, period. I think now, now, now you've mentioned that because I also think the shield card situation swings things with the nature of Conquest, that more mm-hmm. cards equals more shields. And then in the situation of two guys with the same attack, the same health, and the same abilities, it's going to come down to shield cards. Right. Yeah, you're quite right. Mm-hmm. Both, both. So yeah, card draw helps nicely in those. But you, you, but yeah, you make you make the the bit for me was that that weakness thing, that whole situation of I try and avoid a position. This is not not a situation I want to be in. So the best possible thing I can do is tr- figure out how to use my deck to maneuver someone else into exactly that place. Right. You know. Right. And I mean, I've I've gotten really tricksy. Like mm-hmm. the the in the regionals, I I played. War four times. War, now. war yeah, happened war for four for war four games happened. in a row. The first time I got into a ranged fight with, I think it was Elliot. He had a preemptive barrage in his hand. I had one ranged unit in the in the game. He tripped troop transport, gave his people preemptive barrage. He attacked with one of his guys. Uh, I attacked. I think it was Canadian Mortar Squad. I had so I attacked with Canadian Mortar Squad, and he attacked with the other two. But I had no more ranged guys. That's when I played a preemptive barrage mm-hmm. to give three of my guys. So his is his is done. Then there's an action window. Then there's any more ranged attacks? No. That's when I played my preemptive barrage, gave three other guys preemptive barrage, mm-hmm. and then went tong 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 because he wasn't going to kill anybody with my with his um, his guardsmen, mm-hmm. but he was going to damage them. But he, because he was going to only, he wasn't going to kill anybody. He wasn't focused on the big guys. He was focused on w- a single unit mm-hmm. that I didn't give preemptive brush to, or maybe I did. I can't remember. <laughs> but he was focused on a single unit, and I gave preemptive brush, and I came in at the last possible moment. And said, oh yeah, by the way, these guys have range. Wham! Here's your, here's, here's, here it is at your warlord, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I took the opportunity. So you have to get a little bit tricksy with the action windows. A little bit, tri- like really start to take advantage of some of those things. Yeah, I think this is you like, you, like, like you like you're touching on there. This is the mirror match is a situation where surprise and bluffing becomes far more important. Becomes the, the one of the tools yeah, that's you actually, have. Yeah, that's one, the, what one, it's be, one of the yeah. tools you have to, to stretch that yeah. because you're, you're looking for any tiny advantage you can. So anything where you can throw, where, like you say, you know what your opponent should be doing. You're thinking, so he's going to be thinking, like you say, he's going to be doing imprinted barrage with these guys, trying to deal with that guy. So mm-hmm. I manipulate that as best I can by going, nope, not doing anything, right. when when he might expect you to. Yeah, you because know. most people, as soon as as soon as Elliot would have played his preemptive barrage, they're like, oh, ah, my action window, I have preemptive barrage. Fine, barrage Let's well. do this. And yeah. you're right, you 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 know, he like, may yeah. he may have changed well, it up and yeah. and targeted guys that you had range that he wouldn't have normally targeted. Yeah, and, and then you you're like, nope, go ahead and do all your damage, and then you in that, and then in that action window. Then you play your preemptive barrage like, and I'll return fire, right? You know, yeah. and and, and that's because m- me giving preemptive barrage to my units gives him information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. So I, it's and and uh, again, old mm-hmm. netrunner player, information is is can be powerful. Yeah, it's still it's so. in, it's it's yeah it's not well I was gonna say it's not key it's not as powerful as it could be in conquest but yeah the inf- knowing is still half the battle. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> and I just Sorry. realized you know, that, that's one of that's one of the downsides of, of initiative. There you go. Sorry. That's one of the downsides of initiative. You have to give away information first. To some extent, yeah. To some extent. Well, in that combat round, Elliot had to. If he passed, then you would have played your preemptive barrage. Now, right. I mean, and it would have been a ballsy he move. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have any ranged units on the table. He had to give them ranged. Right. I had so a ranged situa- unit. So but, I mean, it would, yeah. it would have been a ballsy move on Elliot to kind of go, pass. Yeah. You know, and knowing mm. he, he know, he's got a preemptive barrage in there, knowing, like, I'm going to go ahead and take one from your Katie and Mortar Squad. Yeah. Mm. You know, for him to turn the tables on that. Right. You I know, mean, or, or and then if you had gone preemptive barrage, and it's like, all right, well, then. You've, you've got that, a, that's a mess. You've but. got a good point, because in tight, in tight combats... 
going pass where your opponent's all but I want to do something so either I've got to do it or pass now wait <laughs> yeah. it's been a big it's been a big deal yeah, yeah, it, can yeah. Be, it can be yeah. massively changed yeah. and like I say in the mirror match any tiny any tiny gap you can find yeah. is going to be the swing and I think know? and I think more so than resources the gap is going to be the that gap that you can find is going to be rooted in cards yeah having more cards than yeah that. I, I, I would I would not have called that um, before listening to it but the Going through both those major parts, I think you're bang on. Yeah, card yeah. draw in that situation, card draw becomes far I mean, more critical. You know, and and I was even thinking with things like uh, with Zarathur, who tends to you know Zarathur occultist demon deck, mm-hmm. right? It tends to run higher cost units. A Zinch's Firestorm, a two shield Zinch's Firestorm, a single one, that single card. Mm-hmm. Again, assuming you can keep resources plus or minus one, then you're set. So those are some of the things we wanted to cover from the. From the uh, thread on Card Game DB, thanks for those things. Hopefully, we've talked about those. We'll get to more as they come, and we'll probably revisit some of these that we've talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Well, in fact, uh, as a to prelude to coming one, we talked a little bit about early and mid and late game. I think there's an interesting conversation to the have best about warlords. what those mean, both both oh, what those oh, things right, mean, right, right. and then which warlords touch on. Yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah so the definitions are different, I think, than most card games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a clear definition of. I can fairly clearly define early, mid, and late game in Netrunner. Yeah, they're, 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 they're clear. They've been played out, as it were, yeah. Without having seen, without looking at the board at all. I can mm-hmm. just say, this, this, these things have to be true for early game. These things have to be true for yeah. mid game. These things define late game. Mm-hmm. In Conquest, it's the planet layout. Mm-hmm. That, well, yeah, that defines Can what, roughly def- define it. Defines and then all of a sudden, are, yeah. and, if, and if you have a three planet win, but then nothing after... But then, if somebody splits, if you if you split those three planets, then there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Right after planet two, it's a one game. It's a one planet game, mm-hmm. or it's a six planet game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's a really weird thing. Like you split those first two planets, that third one doesn't really matter much, mm-hmm. but it might because based on what's planet six. So all of a sudden you have a a three planet. Game, which obviously is early, mid, late, mm. versus <laughs> all right, <laughs> on top of one, right on top of one another, one turn after another, and then you 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 go from early game to mid game. The other put you, you split the first two, and all of a sudden that third one is not late game anymore. You're stuck in kind of an early mid thing. Yeah, here's, right? here's a thought, and I'm, you know what? I'll throw this out as a question to people listening and get this discussion going. Maybe the definition of early mid early mid late game is not as relevant to conquest. Now I think about it, like you say, there are two rough definitions of games when you look at a planet layout. One of them is a three-planet win, or near as damn it. The other one is, this is going the distance. Right. So those are not states of the game, they're definitions of the game style. You lay five cards out and you go, oh, I know what kind of game we're going to have. To a degree, you look right. at it and say, here, here it comes. Right. The only way, uh, other than bloodying the Warlord, this is the major definition of the way the game is going to play. And that can also affect how you bloody the Warlord. Um, the other bit I would mention is the, the idea of match point. I think the idea of match point in Conquest is far more important. The whole thing of, well, we have to fight for this. Right. The best thing that can happen is this goes away and no one gets it right, right now. You know, for, for, for one side or the other. And the way you play in those situations. Yep. So I'd be interested to see what people have to think about that. I think that's more of a, a relevant way of looking at the game. Now, I, I, can, I, can, I, I have a few ideas about early mid Well, the game states, changes, right? I mean, you can yeah. look at a plan layout and if there's nothing until 4 or 5... You yeah. know what kind of game you're going to play, mm-hmm. but if it, if in the scenario that I discussed where you have one, two, three, and then yeah. nothing, mm-hmm. if you split those, it, there's nothing else, mm-hmm. and it depends on how the split happens. Of course, but it's there's nothing possible. else. Yeah. Then it's then you're like, okay, I know this game is going to be all about splitting one and two. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm getting right? at. It's it's yeah, that's not so much a, a or early, not splitting one and yeah, two, that, avoiding that, that split. That's a that's a game configuration rather than. The early part of the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, the, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. Like I say, I'm going to see what people yeah, say about it, that. It could be an interesting. It's, it's going, to be an, going to be an interesting discussion because I, but I think it's a long discussion. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we could do, we could do well, a whole cast on that. On yeah, the, 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 as I was driving up here, we were thinking. I was thinking about best warlords for, you know, mid game, late game warlord, mm-hmm. and Tyranids just have always struck me as if you can get to planet if. If you can keep them off match point for three planets, you might have the game. Because Tyranids are ones that are hard to wipe out. This I played Subject Omega, and I the the my opponent the other night, it was Jason. He won the first two planets, but then couldn't win three. 
and couldn't win four. Maybe he won four, but it didn't matter. And then couldn't win five. And then we're pla we're sitting there. We got two planets left, mm -hmm. and I draw Omega's signature support, which you play it, and it allows you. I had like five or six units at HQ, four of which were Gene Stealers, and I had two Gene Stealers at, at the planet. And I played his Omega Signature Support, which allows you to sacrifice it and ready all Gene Stealers at a planet. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he, I played that, and he's like, what's that? I'm like, that's just Signature Support. And I played it, and he's like, well then, good game. <laughs> <GG on> that, <laughs> right? one. that was yeah. that was it. Because there's, I, But I think the Tyranids, old one, maybe Old One-Eye and Omega in particular, are really strong late game like I, yeah. I think I've said I would you, you're beating your head against the wall and all of a sudden mm -hmm. the wall the wall was breaking down the first two planets but yeah. now it isn't going anywhere okay. oh by the way there's a new synapse unit in Jungles of Nectarus really yes. awesome there is we got it we got it so, As yeah, I say, I didn't see you spot. I, sh I should mention mention the point here, guys. Uh, um, for I people listening, by the way, I, I had a cold at the start of the week, and then I had one of the busiest working weeks I've had in a long time. Like, for example, I would normally post our current league um, ranking for Netrunner on Wednesday, and it simply didn't happen. And I realized this five minutes before the league started on Thursday. It's been that kind of week, so I've not seen any of this stuff. All I, right. I saw a card or two pop so up. The, so. so the new Synapse unit is the Keening Malceptor. It's a creature... Leviathan, Elite, one command icon. It's a 1-5. Combat action. Resolve or remove an infestation token from this planet to trigger its battle ability. Limit once per phase. <laughs> John, I know you. I know you. John, I know you've been doing. I know you've been doing your best here, man, to keep the language. But holy shit! Yes. <laughs> oh man, that's a hell yeah. of a thing. That's gonna be yeah. fun. And and I just observing from the pictures here, there's there are almost this entire pack is common units, common cards. The Valerie's pattern jump pack, which is a Space Marine deep strike uh, attachment, or is that right? Yeah, deep strike attachment. That's loyal. There's a loyal orc unit. Uh, there's a Lo Prince's might, which is the chaos of deep strike event. That's loyal. But everything else, at least in this post, is common. Obviously, Necrons and and Tyranids are isolated. If, if if I sorry, just uh, just I'm just I'm processing that guy. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> and I'm just comment on the. I can immediately see the design space here because the common thing with Omega for me is that he love. I want to infest Planet Two onwards. Mm -hmm. I don't normally want to worry about the first one unless I'm going to be fighting like a mad thing there. But this leaves me and and, and sometimes because that feels wasted. Well, all of a sudden now it doesn't have to be because yeah. this guy will come up and go, I will have that infestation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat it and turn you it into a battle ability. Exactly. Oh, you my can, word. So that first planet, you're like, oh, I'm going to go there. and Oh, I'm going to I'm going to chomp the battle. I'm going to chomp the infestation because this is going away. So yeah. you trigger the first planet twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's even nastier than that. Um, Gene Stealer Harvester at a planet with, um, with some infestation. Or maybe, yeah, the... Um, the Venomthrope. Venomthrope genes to the Harvester at a planet. Yeah. Combat phase comes up, planet is infested. Right. Yeah. Do the deploy, send Synapse and Warlord there, eat that to trigger the battle ability. Yep. Cause a battle. Probably trigger the battle ability. They go home. Next turn, you infest it. <laughs> this is now getting a bit silly. Yep. You know, yeah, all the all the yep. um all the uh, nesting oh my word, yeah. That's yeah, nesting chamber, the whole deal, man. Yeah. It oh. is but now it's a it's a synapse unit, so there's only one. True right? enough, but I'm like, hopefully there's only one in the pack. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say it's synapse unit, but you. Oh, the, there might be three. Yeah, because I mean, there the one thing three. about the netrunner, netrunner packs yeah. when they come out and they have an ID, there's three copies. Yeah, I, I understand it's True, for printing. Yeah. I understand we'll it's one. printing. That's, hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be hard, but I would love, just love it if there was just the one, yeah. and maybe two, I don't know, yeah. two something else. Side note, though, keep in mind. If you want that power, you get that power. That's the horrible thing about the synapse. I don't have to draw this guy. Yeah, he's there oh, yeah. from the first yeah, 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 yeah. second. Sure. Well, that, that's the, yeah, that's oh. what I mean. I mean, so, it, it, oh, you could, you oh, <laughs> so much fun with the infestation. I, I'm sitting there thinking of of the one put a unit into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah at exactly. A, at a player's HQ, can you imagine like oh, let's go there and it's going to trigger twice. Actually, the, the one I had, the one in mind I had was the whole I infest the planet I'm fighting at. I infest the um, the Raute unit. And basically, just send your guys home. Yeah. Yep. Drop a stealer. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> that's your. No, so that seems like a good place to end on. <laughs> yeah. Come back in a couple of weeks saying, and talk about jungles and 
See what's going since, on. Since I'm a Top Gear fan, I'm on that bombshell. I'm not tyranid-shaped bombshell. So. <laughs> wow. Thanks to Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you'd like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback or questions for us, you can contact us at TrustedSectorWarcast at gmail.com, via our Facebook page or Twitter at TrustedSectorWC, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC, where you can save 10% if you mention you heard about them here. Thanks for listening. The, the Emperor, Emperor Protects. protects.